0: Welcome to the Sharon Fitzmaurice podcast in episode 78 today and a lovely guest all the way from Sydney Australia Suzanne Kulberg is a coach author who helps overgivers and people pleasers learn to set boundaries and say no in a way that feels good. I think there's many people that will want to find out how you can help them Suzanne and you have your own signature online program why wait w8 I like that. And you have already helped hundreds of women break the cycle of putting themselves last and instead building the confidence to set boundaries. How amazing is that? Suzanne, you are very welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Great to have you. I was saying to Suzanne, I have a little bit of a cold. The weather in Ireland has, you know, got a little bit colder. And Suzanne said she had a scorcher in Australia today. We're not a bit jealous.
1: (laughs) I'm so happy for you and not jealous at all.
0: So Suzanne, the big question, how did you decide or what experiences led you to develop this program? When did you first start realizing in your own life that you may have been putting yourself last? And tell me about how you learned to set those boundaries. That's a million questions in one. It's
1: such a good question because so many of us simply think that we're generous. It's like, I don't, I'm, I'm not overgiving. I'm just generous or we've been conditioned to behave in a certain way and we don't question it. And it isn't until we have experiences outside of our family unit or the friendship unit that we've had for some time, or someone else makes a comment that it even begins to say, like, is this healthy? And in, in the way I'm behaving. And at the time we're recording this, it's coming up to the holidays. And I, I, I'll, full confession, I moved out of home very young and I got married quite young. And my husband and I moved interstate. So we're actually originally from Tasmania, which is the tiny island wow. down the bottom of Australia that often gets left off the map. And so we moved out, oh, it'd be 15 years ago now, originally for a year. Um, because anyway, it's a long story, but we went back. We lasted exactly 10 months and then we off again. We're mainlanders now. But it wasn't until I was away from my family that I realised how much enmeshment that we had and how unhealthy it was. Mm. And even the little things like we go back to visit, understandably, but how infrequently if ever people come to visit us, it's like aeroplanes go both ways. Mm-hmm. And it was always like, well, you guys chose to move away. And I think sometimes when we don't have boundaries or we are unable to say no, mm-hmm. people say something to us which, you know, makes us feel, well, yeah, we, we did choose to move away. Mm-hmm. But, you know, or or when you call someone and they're like, Oh, nice of you to think of me, and they get like, you know, you you're so busy for me and, and whatever. And it's like, this is why I don't call you. <laughs> I get off the call and I feel really drained.
0: You don't whereas, feel better for speaking to them no.
1: No, it's it's kind of like they feel better and great and off they go and you just feel like I just need a nap now. So I think it's the little signs that, you know, when you hang out with people or converse with people, you feel tired or you feel drained or you feel like worse off than before you spoke to them. And I remember seeing a it's like a it's a short, it's kind of like a gif, not quite a movie, but it's a, a little film of somebody and um they're empty and then they go around the day and help people and then take on the people's stuff. So by the end of the day, they're so full, like energetically. And I'd never seen it conceptualized like that. And I was like, that's how I would feel. I would feel so full of everyone else's stuff at the end of the day. I didn't have language for it. And then I'd stay up really late and eat chips or chocolate and watch Netflix and just try and unwind. Mm. And it wasn't for many years that I read until I realized that I was an overgiver. I wasn't generous because generosity comes from a place of fullness. Mm. Whereas overgiving comes from a place of, if I don't do this, they won't like me or a sense of obligation. Or if someone says, well, you know, you decided to move away. Oh, okay. So that kind of people pleasing energy Mm. and that becomes overgiving and giving and receiving, you can't have one without the other. So the pair for overgiving is consuming, whether that mm. be food, Netflix, social media, shopping, alcohol, mm. anything, you know, is unhealthy. And it's like, but actually saying no is so confronting. Like saying to my family this year, love you all deeply, not coming home for Christmas. Mm. <laughs> it was just like, what, where are you going? And like, oh, we're going to Queensland, which is, you know, the sunshine state from rubbing it in. You're like, man,
0: that's okay. <laughs> like,
1: they're all welcome to come I invited them I was like you guys can come to Queensland too and it's like Mm -hmm. oh no so Tasmania is kind of dreary in terms of Australia for weather Mm -hmm. so it's like really realizing where are you not even realizing that people are and I'm not saying they're being nefarious or they're trying to be manipulative but you've formed some sort of role or relational way of being that you don't even question and then when you step out of it you're like is this nourishing me or is this draining me
0: yeah, I love that. Everything you've said. Guilty for a lot of it as well throughout my life. I sometimes still am. Um, one of the things that you were saying there, you know, when you moved away from Tasmania and, you know, always having to go back home and visit. It, it reminded me of a friend of mine years ago that only moved from Galway to the UK and they had a family over there. And I remember after years of her living there and I said, to her, were you anywhere in your holidays? And she said, holidays? the only place I ever get to do is come back to Galway because we have to visit my family every Christmas, every summer holiday. And she said, I need a break. We need an actual holiday. But it was years before she realized this, you know, and it was part of that. And I'm not sure, maybe it's a worldwide thing, this guilt that if you don't go back and visit your family, you're a bad person.
1: Oh my gosh. And I love how you've brought light to that. It isn't really a holiday because, mm. like, I, I have children now, so I'm always a bit on edge if they don't use their manners or if they don't thank somebody for something or, or whatever and and um, if they misbehave. Um, I'm always, like, it's kind of like my family, like, oh, well, we babysit and you can go and have fun. It's like, so if I, I, I'm i an introvert, I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to take the kids like you take them to the movies, like literally, I I'll, I'll, I'll fess up twenty twenty two, I this had never occurred to me before, um because I, as I said I don't want to go out I I hire a babysitter to take the kids to like go and see the Minions yeah. movie or things that I necessarily don't want to do like I love my children fiercely I'm not for the Minions, but they the babysitter takes them in the car we fit the seats and off they go, and they had the best time and then I can stay at home and have a bath and read a book and just be on my own. It's the best thing ever. And um, I don't know why this never occurred to me before. So when I go home to visit and everyone in my family is like, you know, we've done all this thing for you. You could go out to dinner. And I'm like, well, I don't want to like, but then I get home and the kids are hyped up on sugar and they won't settle. And it's like, it's more work for me Mm. to put them to bed or to calm them down. And it's just like, and they're like, didn't you have the best holiday? And I'm like, I mean, as you said, I'm exhausted. exhausted. So this year, we were like, no, we wanna to go to Queensland. I don't mm. need to worry about their manners like I'm not saying, that makes it sound like my children are feral. They're not that bad, but I'm not on edge when it's just us. Whereas when other people are around, there's that kind of thing. And mm. and then the family, well-meaning as they are, I taught them to use their manners or something. And I know that they don't mean it in the way that it comes across, yeah. but it's just like it, I feel I feel little stabs the whole time. And then as soon as we get back, I'm just like, Oh, thank goodness, but still very tired.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think Suzanne as well, it's um, other people's expectations of us or expectations, you know, again, growing up, you know, as you said, what you did, the patterns you formed, the beliefs you formed, isn't it growing up and that it is an expectation of you and you believe that expectation and you try and fulfil it constantly. But as you said, in that little gif or meme it's seeing how drained you are and that can go for everything, whether it's your work, your relationships, your family, isn't it? Everything in life, we can be so drained by so many things and we keep giving. Why do we keep yes. giving?
1: I think it's a societal conditioning or mm-hmm. an expectation. And it's really interesting, too, because I've made some very deliberate decisions to parent differently than my Mm -hmm. parents have. The gift of us being apart and only seeing each other once a year or so is I don't really have to enforce the boundary as much as if we lived close. Mm -hmm. But like, I never make my children say thank you. Like if somebody gives them something and they don't want to, I will thank the person. I'll be like, thank you so much, Sharon. That's so thoughtful. But I won't force them to because I never liked it as a child. And I don't think it instills things that we just say thank you for something that we we didn't want. Mm. I never make them hug or kiss anybody, like no physical touch mm. if they don't want it. And um, like I ask that they have a lot more autonomy than I had growing up. Like if they get invited to a birthday party, I don't make them go. I yeah. ask. And I don't say, well, doesn't want to come. I <laughs> <Yeah>. should <laughs> say we have another commitment or something. But I do talk about like, why do you not want to go or, or things? Because I just think so often, you know, we force children to do so many things that we wouldn't do ourselves. And then mm. we're like, oh, they're children they don't understand. And it's just like, yeah, and my children are quite independent and they can do a lot. And people ask, us like, because I teach them to. I don't mm. just, you know, say one thing, do another, and then expect them to have responsibilities that they have never quite. Whereas with my family, it was like you, you go along, you're seen and you're not heard, you always say yes, you always give a hu- hug, kiss mm. on the cheek and thank the person. And it's like, if you don't like it, I'm not saying throw it on the floor and stomp on it or whatever, but I would rather if I give my kids something and they don't like it, say, thanks so much for thinking me, mum, I'm not into this anymore, then pretend to like it and end up hoarding stuff. Like I've never been the type. If you give me something, you know. I remember growing up, people give us stuff. My parents couldn't stand it. We hide it away, but then oh, they're coming over. Take Where, it out. Where's again? that thing? You know, and I was like, I wouldn't. I refuse to live my life that way. Um, so if somebody gives me something, I will thank them so much because the gift is in the giving and the receiving. Mm. Um, but then I will donate it or regift it or, or find mm. it a loving home. Mm. Um, and people don't tend to ask. They don't tend to come around and go, hey, Sharon, where's the vase I gave you? <laughs> it depends on so, the person. <laughs> but if they did, um, well, it, it, actually, I'm at a level now where I've come with my boundaries that I would probably re- be really honest. And it's funny, people who who appreciate you love the honesty, like, thank you so much for thinking of me. I don't actually enjoy vases because I don't have flowers that often. I have young children. They tend to get smashed and make a mess. What I love is candles or what Mm. I love is essential oils or whatever. So it's thanking for the thought, but then it's redirecting. Because if you say, oh, my God, this is amazing, and then you get it for your birthday forevermore, where do you get to the point where you're like, I don't actually like this? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What you're doing is afraid of hurting the other people's feelings, but you're not acknowledging your own. You know, and auntie. you heard
1: them even more if they ever find yeah. out. So how this all came to a head is that 10 months that we moved home, uh, my children had a, what do you call it, Mother's Day stall at school, mm-hmm. and my daughter bought me this hand cream. And I've, I'm very sensitive to smells, like really sensitive. And I remember I opened it up. I was like, oh, thank you so much, Santi. This is gorgeous. Mummy doesn't actually like hand creams or anything scented. So in future, what I would love is, you know, gave her some options, stationary pens, like whatever. And I remember my mom and the second Santi left the room or went to bed, I can't remember, she ripped into me. She's like, do you know how many years you bought me white linen and I smothered that stuff on? And white linen is not a cheap perfume. I remember saving up for it. And I was like, you didn't like it? I've bought you that for 20 years so it was like I was more offended the fact that she pretended to like it she goes the first time you bought it I slathered it on trying to get rid of it and then you're like oh you must love it so you kept buying I'm like it would have been much nicer if you'd pulled me up then than to pretend for two decades (laughs) yeah
0: it comes down to communication and I suppose we only sometimes we're late you know learners and it takes us a while. And especially, I think, when we become mothers ourselves, we realize, you know, what's really important. And one of the things that you said, and I know lots of my listeners will resonate with it, is your time. Your time is so valuable. And where you want to spend that time and who you want to spend that time with, it becomes really, really valuable. And who drains you and who who doesn't drain you. And sometimes that is family members. And not to feel guilty about it, because I think there's, again, that Expectation or perceived notion that every family gets on and they should be all happy and cheerful and together like the movies, and that's as I was really... say,
1: Hallmark Christmas movies have so much to answer for, yeah. and I think that's where we get into compare and despair because yeah. we compare our lives to this unrealistic standard. Mm. And the other thing too, for anyone travelling or going to see family, it can be so hard to remember everybody, mm. like catching up with all the different people and you're exhausted and then you've got the children's schedules and I remember a few times I've gone down and I've caught up with one system more than the other and it's gotten back to me and it's been such a drama and I'm at the point now is like I've just traveled 3,000 kilometers you can travel 15 like I don't have to be the one who not only gets all the way here but gets in the car and keeps track of how many hours I spend at each different place I'm not available
0: for this yeah absolutely so how do we communicate that how do we communicate So, somebody is now in that situation and they've done it all their lives, and maybe their kids are even grown up or they're teenagers, and even the teenagers don't want to go. The teenagers want to spend time at home, and the parents are going, But we have to go and see the grandparents. It's Christmas, you know, we have to play happy families. It's only for a week, and everyone's dreading us, you know. How do you communicate to people that are doing that that have not yet? learn to say no that still want to please or don't want to feel guilty about letting down those family members who may be older and um, I'm giving a big example here now but it can be any example what way can you advise them to maybe start that first setting of a boundary for themselves
1: the easiest way to set boundaries in the beginning is with people who don't yet know you because they don't know another version of you and when you get that success and run on the boards with them, then it can be easier to introduce it to friends and family. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is if you're very much like I used to be, turned up every Christmas, bought gifts for everyone, even though I haven't seen them all year and don't know what they like anymore, and then have to go through the shatter of "Sue's, Aunty Sue's, that's not cool anymore, and oh, just drama, 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 drama. The idea of where I am now is a total 180. It's scary and it's daunting. Mm. So it's like start really small with the people coming into your orbit because they don't yet know another version of you. Mm. So it's it's think of something that you want... You, I'm trying to think of an example. So say someone says to you, do you want to go to see the latest Marvel movie? Like it's a new friend or some acquaintance, somebody just coming into your orbit Mm. and you can't stand Marvel. But you're like, oh, I don't want to ruin this potential friendship. The way you could do it is you don't just say no. (laughs) You Mm. say, thank you. Like acknowledge the invitation. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Thank you so much for inviting me, whichever. You've got to choose your level of honesty. Like I would never... Lie. Because mm. when you sit back on this, we think we're being polite by going, sure. And then we go along, we don't really like Marvel. They're excited that we've come. We're building a friendship on something that's fake. And mm. then later down the line, when they find out, like, you've changed. And it's like, well, I've just become more me. Mm. But if you're like, I really appreciate the invite. I'm not actually a Marvel fan. Is there anything else showing that you'd want to see? Yeah. Or you can take the initiative and look it up and go, I've seen this is showing, are you interested in this? So yeah. you're saying to them, I'm interested in the movie, I'm interested in catching up or connecting, um, but not in this way. Because I had a client recently and her friend, a new friend had bought a coffee machine and she went over to her house. My client doesn't drink coffee. So she offered her this coffee. She goes, I didn't know what to do, Suzanne. I didn't want to be rude. So I just said, yes. And I said, oh, well, what happened? And she goes, well, I started drinking it. I so said, I can't stomach it. I'm not a coffee drinker either. So I can I can sympathize. She goes, I drank about a third of it and I'm trying not to gag. So I just kind of push it to the side. And the new friend goes, oh, is there something wrong with it? I can make you another. And she's like, I'm just dying inside. She's like, another? And she goes, I just kind of bit the bullet and said, I don't drink coffee. And the person's like, oh, my goodness, why didn't you say? I could have made Mm. you a hot chocolate. So sometimes we think this invitation or this opportunity is it. It's like the holy grail. (laughs) And if we say no, and and this is totally normal because we've had experiences of our family guilting us saying, Mm. oh, it's only one day. Christmas is one day. Put our differences aside. Mm. So we think we're going to get that everywhere. But if we yeah. say, like, I'd love to catch up, don't like Marvel, or I'd love to go for coffee, but I'm vegan, so can we go somewhere that has vegan-friendly choices? Or I'd love to do this, but school pickup is this time, so can we make it earlier? I, you and I, for this podcast, the time that you gave me, I was like, actually, that's like midnight my time, so can we do two hours earlier? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. yeah it a lot you know of what like...
0: it, it is that though just as you said and I think again I suppose it's different coming from family or friendships that you've had in the past or relationships in the past because you have played that role and they see you as that person but within new relationships I think now and especially as we get older we kind of say no thank you you know as you said I'm not into Marvel my teenage kids when they were growing up loved Marvel and they used to give out like mad to me because I wouldn't go to the cinema to see it with them. And I went, really? It doesn't float my boat. I'm not into it. I'll do anything else with you, but I'm not going to watch a Marvel movie. So they went with their dad and I had time at home for myself, (laughs) which was great. You know, so and I had to not feel guilty because again, you know, a lot of moms and dads listening out there, they may spend a huge amount of time with their children, particularly their young children. And then that precious time that you spoke about, but it's learning to communicate it and not to have the guilt associated with it for not wanting to spend 24 hours a day with them. That it's okay, you deserve time on your own. You all deserve time. But I think we need to, for me, it comes down again to the communication, how we communicate that to others. So I like the way your example says, well, for new people coming in, base it on your true self now and what you like. And then the more that you practice that. So then where do you start saying no to the people that are used to saying yes?
1: (laughs) Yes, that's where I was going next. So first of all, I encourage people to start with new people so that you just get that experience. And you're like basically building receptors on the outside. So if you imagine, do you guys have over there or had when your kids are little, the Tupperware shape O. It's a ball and you put the shapes in the outside. Oh, yes, yes, and, yeah. yeah. That thing. So if you imagine you as an individual are a Tupperware shape-o and currently you only have triangle shapes, which is like yes, or a Y shape, that's all you have on the outside. So when something comes along, it's a different shape and you're trying to shove it in, it, it, there's no receptor for it currently. There's, you know, So by doing this in safer, smaller places, you're starting to build your N for your no shapes, And on the outside of you, it's like, oh, this wasn't so bad. And then you can start to do it with friends and family. So I have the most perfect example for this. The gift of COVID in my personal family is now my husband is almost purely working from home Mm -hmm. because they had to for a long time. Sydney had the longest extended lockdown in the world. And then his workplace was like, actually, we love this. We can have you guys' hot desk. It saves us heaps of money. You're just as productive. My husband's also an introvert. So sure, work from home almost exclusively. And I realized that I was still doing everything. Like I was doing a school drop-off. I was doing the lunches. I was doing all of this. And I was like, you now, he used to have an hour and a half commute. And now his commute is the staircase. Yeah. And, And a lot of my work, because I coach people from the UK, so in the evening, or people from the US in the morning, it's school drop-off is, is, is difficult. And also the kids have a lot more separation anxiety from me. So when I drop them off, it's a whole palaver, cuddles, kisses, whatever. Whereas for him, they're like, bye dad. Yeah. So I was like, why couldn't he do school drop-off? Like he's not doing the hour and a half into the office. The school's two kilometers from here. So anyway, I remember sitting down and I asked him like, you know, would you be willing to do school drop-off? And he was like, oh, well, I suppose on the days that you have calls. So, you know, we just started with him doing a couple and then it just extended from there. But we had these conversations about it. I was like, look, you can drop them in the car. They do the kiss and drop line. They jump out. Bob's your uncle, You're home, 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. For me, it's an hour. They won't do the kiss and drop line. So I need to pull up and whatever. And he was like, well, Yeah. It makes sense. So obviously he works like he's not, he's working from home. He's not just, you know, so he had to speak to his boss and say, can I move my morning tea break from 10 to like eight 30 to accommodate the school drop off? Mm. And they're like, well, I don't see why not. Mm. (laughs) But I had to ask and he had to ask and it became this knock on effect. And then eventually it was like, well, I'm doing the lunches. Like I've got calls and stuff in the morning. He's just as capable." So I remember asking him, can you do the school lunches? And so this became a process. So over the last six to eight months, it's gone from me doing everything to him doing the wake-up, the school lunches, the drop-off, checking they have everything, their water bottle issues, and that the only thing I do is my daughter's hair because he's tried and tried and tried, but it's just we're not there (laughs) yet. But I remember it was just this morning. I didn't have any calls. I had nothing on. And I was like, nothing on is in no work, not (laughs) (laughs) More been the dude, <laughs> and I, I thought I could read a book, and then I was sitting there, and I was like, I feel so guilty. And I was like, I wonder if any dudes ever feel guilty that their wife's doing the lunches or whatever. And I was like, why is it conditioned that you know that we have these more gendered roles? And it was like, I work just as many hours as him. And like, I think it's because I don't make as much money as him yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there was something was like, why do I feel guilty? And I remember I actually even discussed it with him because I think sometimes we carry this guilt and shame mm-hmm. and we assume the other person. And he's like, oh, I didn't mind at all that you're reading a book. You got no calls on. Might as well have a, you know, but we are carrying it. It's self-directed. And the other thing leading this back to when you were talking about spending 24-7 with your kids, because it was like, if I don't have a call, like, I should be doing something with my children. When I spend time with my children, it's quality time. We read books. We go to the park. We play games. Like, I am all with them. And when I'm not with my kids, I'm fully not with them. Because otherwise, what happens was I used to be with them all the time, but then I was on my phone. Like Mm. I was scrolling. And one day my son said to me, you love your phone more than me. And that moment changed my life because it was like I'm always with my kids and this is my escape. Mm. So from there I had some real boundary things. So when I'm working, I'm focused and I'm working. And when I'm with them, I'm with them. Mm -hmm. And very rarely the two will cross.
0: Very good. Yeah, I think that's really, really important. And it's something I think a lot of parents have to learn because I know there's a lot of house dads now at home or just like you said, Suzanne, like your husband, there's a lot of men and women that are now working from home and everything is thrown at them because it was a new way of living their lives, of working and having to share responsibilities and not having one person do it all. And you made me smile because I was upstairs here in my office yesterday and I have a really big project on and I had to spend all day on my laptop Typing and doing up stuff, and it came to twenty five past five in the evening, and we have our adult son. He's back from college, and he's he's still he's going to be staying with us for a little while. And he came up the stairs, and he went, "Mom, why is there no fire on downstairs? The house is so cold." And I said, "Cause I'm still working." And he said, "But the dogs are outside on their own." <laughs> and I just got into a fit of laughing, and I said. Matthew, if I was working in an office in town, I wouldn't even have left the office yet. And by the time I got home, it would be nearly 7 p.m. because of the commute. And he went, but for him, it was so strange because they were so used to having their mom always here when they were younger, always around because I did work from home as well. But like that, I managed, worked around my children for years. But now they're adults. (laughs) And now I'm doing... I'm working the way I want to and I'm choosing to work the hours that suit me. But it was just so funny as we were speaking there. It just made me laugh that I only had the example yesterday that his belief pattern is still that mom is going to be downstairs waiting, even as him as an adult. And it was very strange for him to walk in and the house was cold and I wasn't downstairs to welcome him home. Yeah, But
1: you get used to stuff, you get used to seeing things. And it's, it's, you know, it's when we first started both working from home, it was really challenging for me because I work for myself, so I have a lot more flexibility. And whenever he's in a meeting, like we got home from school today, he was in a meeting. So I said to the kids, we need to be just that bit quiet, you know, mm-hmm. daddy's in a meeting. And I remember being so exhausted because they're young, they're noisy. And, you know, like if one of them's bickering or one of them's yelling and like, we, we didn't have to set up for work from home. So initially he put his desk in my son's room, but then my son doesn't have anywhere to play because mm-hmm. daddy's in his room. And so now his, his setup is actually in our room, which is okay because we're not in our room during the day. Yeah. But it's just, you know, we, we haven't built our lives around this mm-hmm. and things that you do for a stopgap becoming more permanent and seeing the knock-on effect of that. Mm-hmm. So basically before school, he, you know, has shifted his work hours to do things a little bit later. And then after school, I've shifted my work hours to do things a bit earlier. So we both get our quality time with the children individually right. and then we don't have, you know, the the guilt or the shame. And the other thing too, like he does the lunches, I do the homework mm. because he's a lot less patient. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm that patient, but, he, you know, so it's kind of like finding the the checks and the balances for things mm. that, that work out um, yeah.
0: and doing so. them
1: that work for you.
0: Yeah. And you know something as well, and I know this is quite different from people to be listening to the podcast, you know, on their way home from their commute, you know, today or tomorrow and the next few days. And some people are saying, well, it's lucky that you have your own hours and you can work for home, but they work for somebody else. They don't have a choice in their hours. They have to drop their kids off to a childminder early before the child even goes to school. The child is brought home by somebody else. You know, the homework is done by somebody else. And by the time the parents come home, the children are cranky and tired and just want to go to oh, bed. Oh, yes. That is a really hard one. And again, as a mom and, you know, and I, even my husband, I know that's one of the reasons that I left my big corporate job was that I we didn't both have this guilt about not rearing our children together, you know, or at home. So it was one of the things for me because I wanted to really spend time with them when they were younger and it was tough, but we were blessed to be able to do it. I always say that even if it was tough and we'd no money, we could live simply because we were a young family. But I hear from a lot of women now, Suzanne, how do they not have the guilt? How can they set boundaries? Even if they're working all week, Monday to Friday, they get home at seven o'clock in the evening. They have to do their children's, you know, good night kisses, reading the story, all of that time, even sometimes before they eat in um, the evening. Oh, yeah. You know? And
1: then you're really hungry and tired and cranky yourself. Yes. This is a. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, I think with every situation we can look for must be nice. Like, must be nice to have this, must be nice to have that. Like, I know for me, my family's interstate and often people drop their kids to their grandparents, like their parents on the weekend or babysitting. It's like, must be nice. I have to pay for a babysitter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think, you know, and the thing too, we've chosen to put our children into school holiday care so that we can work uninterrupted you know so Mm -hmm. I do have that and my my parents although they live interstate are always like well if you lived here you could just drop them here and you know they're like why do you have kids if you don't want to raise them like all sorts of things and I was like excuse me (gasps) they're like you know it's it's people are always going to have judgments Mm -hmm. and people are always going to have grasses always greener moments so if you do have and I did work corporate before I worked for myself um used to my commute was an hour and a half and my husband was flying fly out so it was just me two young preschool kids and by the time I earned my wage it really wasn't that much extra <laughs> by the time I paid for two lots of childcare but my thought of it was you got to keep in the game like with corporate if you take off how many years you know i so I, I just want to say i get that and not everyone has the freedom and flexibility that i've had to be like no nah, i'm going on my own way batching things so, like on the weekend, doing a big cook up, so that in the evening you can just defrost and you know and and heat it up. Um, working out, like the other thing too. Some people sit with their children and pat them till they go to sleep. I have personally never ever did that because when my husband was flying fly out, I've got two children in two bedrooms and there's mm-hmm. one of me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I set boundaries in my children from a young age that I would never sit with them while they went to sleep. Some people love that; it enriches them. And I know some people end up falling asleep before the kid does Yeah, (laughs) and it becomes a drama. But with everything, you get the decision, like there's pluses and minuses to all sorts of things. Mm. And it's just like, what can you make do with the situation that you have Mm. so that you're the victor, and it's in service to you, and not the victim. And go, Oh, when they get older, or oh, when this happens, or when I get a raise, or mm. you know, because we you make the choices like there's there's balances. Like when I worked at corporate, heaps more money, like mm. a, and guaranteed becoming an entrepreneur in the beginning stages, not a lot of money because nobody nope. knows who you are,
0: <laughs> <laughs> not a lot, and at never all.
1: guaranteed. <laughs> so it's kind of like it, 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 you you become really good at stretching things. Um, but then like, what do they say? Entrepreneurs are the only people who give up a 40 hour work week to work 80, (laughs) but it's kind of like, there's going to be pluses and minuses in whatever situation that you're in. And it's making that choice to be what's in the best service to you and the family. You first, self first is not selfish. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like is it and it's the guilt because people are always going to have opinions like my family to this day are like waiting for me to go back to medical school I left medicine in my fifth year and they're like go get a real job and I'm like so I graduate medical school as a doctor of nothing I do up to 10 years more to become a consultant and I never see my family anyway because I'm always at the hospital Mm. but it's a it's a society recognized job Mm. so it's like whatever situation you're in and if you do want to become an entrepreneur Protect the profit first. Like don't go, oh, I'm just going to quit my job. <laughs> yeah, But, you know, there's only so many hours in the day yeah. and it's looking at like what lights you up and what enlivens you rather than mm. I'm always having to be at the receiving end of everything that's happening to me because mm. that's often from poor boundaries.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, and I think that's so important because, again, going back to that, if you are parents or a single parent and you're working and you have to work, you know, financially you have to work and there are long hours and coming back to your child or children and trying to give them that love and attention and feeling guilty because you've had to go to work. First of all, I would say stop. That's what your role is right now. You know, you're doing it to make your life and your children's life a little bit better and to pay the bills and to have a house, you know, a roof over your head, whatever it is, and maybe saving a few pounds to go on a holiday, not with your family, but on your own. (laughs)
1: Oh, and yes, when it comes true to holiday. Uh,
0: a real holiday and again at the at the weekends I would say and this is another part of it what I was asking you about is when people have the weekends they feel like they have to do so much you know to make up for that working week and they're not with their children but they also have the laundry and the housework and everything else to do and th- that hour you know that they might get for themselves if the children went to bed on time You know, it seems to be so far away. So for me, I would say even around that with children, you know, like me saying, I'm not going to the Marvel movies, you know, sending like you said, sending them off with a friend or a babysitter. I know with my sister, her daughter is friends with neighbors next door. And if that mom was going to the movies, they'd go with them and she'd have a bit of time for herself and she'll return the favor maybe another time. So I think it's again, for me, it's communication. It all comes down to that and saying, you know what, I really need an hour for myself today. Could you take the kids for today? Most and I people take are them. so
1: willing to say yes, yes. but we don't yes. ask. Like if someone yes. says, Hey, can you do this? Imagine like I feel I feel honored to be asked. Yeah. And I and I love and also too, if someone says, Can you take my kid? Then my kids are usually excited to have a friend here. So obviously I'm watching that I'm with them, but it's actually less that you're having an extra person is less work for me because it's a novelty and they go play on the trampoline or they'll go do this. And so I'm there, but, you know, so I think sometimes we, we don't ask until we're burnt out and resentful. Mm. And then it's like, how is this in service? How is asking somebody to help? like and then being unattached to their no because like perfect example so tomorrow my husband does actually have to go into the office and I have a podcast interview set so I'm like this isn't going to work we only have one calf (laughs) so I asked a few people like can we drop the kids there and they walk to school people who live close to the school it's like I'd love to Suzanne but I, I have this and I rang the after school before school care couldn't fit them in on short notice anyway Rang the podcast person and said, Can I do it an hour early? They're like, Yep, sure. So then I, you know, I'll walk the kids to school. Mm. But then I have something I need to prep for. So I've said to the kids, I'm gonna need to be listening while I walk you to school. Can't talk and look at the colours and whatever. Um, mm. you know, so they know and I think we we underestimate how much children really get. So when mm. it comes to weekends, my children are allowed to do one thing, like one sport, one activity. Um, because I think sometimes we give them lots because we feel guilty and we want to make mm. up for stuff. But they often don't want to do all the sports and activities. They just want to spend time with you.
0: they're tired. They've been at school all week as well. And they just want to chill at home sometimes and, you know, not have to do everything. And again, when did it start that we had to have our children involved in so many activities? For us, we used to play down in the fields with sticks and stones. And our imagination led us to the most amazing places in the world. And now children are being given so much. They've lost their sense of imagination and wonder. It's and they like,
1: don't know how to be bored. It's funny when that. my kids say they're bored. I'm like, here you go. Here's a dusting cloth. Because that's what yeah, my kids used to tell too. me. Here's the so <laughs> our Saturdays, they have their one activity each. So first of all, we wake up and as a family, we clean. So yeah. obviously age appropriate cleaning. But I'm like, if we want to go to gymnastics, then the washing needs to be hung out and the dishwasher needs to have gone through and the floor needs to be swept. So we have age appropriate housework that we do together. Then we do the activity. And then um, we usually do something together, go to the park, or whatever, with all of us. And then mummy and daddy are both introverts. So we're like, we need an hour. Like play your iPad, play outside, do a drawing, like whatever you can entertain yourselves for one hour. And then we come together and we'll have like family movie night. Love um it. And it just just works really, really well. But if they bother us for that whole hour, like come in, come in, come in. But also, too, as you said, it comes down to communication. Because I remember the Mm. first time it's like, you can interrupt me if it's important, but otherwise this is mummy's time. And I remember my daughter running in going, it's important. And I was like, what is it? And she's like, I can fit 27 blueberries in my mouth. And I'm like, I have a very different definition of what important (laughs) is. (laughs) So sometimes I think we get so frustrated at people. Like I remember growing up. My family was always like, turn the light off when you leave the room. Power's expensive. And I tried to convey that to my kids. And my daughter often doesn't turn the light off when she goes to school. And I come I emerge from my office. And I used to be like, oh, she doesn't respect me or whatever. And I'm like, oh, she's just distracted and forgets about it. Like we get to choose our thoughts. I live in Sydney. It's a very busy place. I'm often cut off in traffic. I can spend my all day being riled up about it. Or I could just say to myself, someone's in labor and they're going to the hospital. A lot of babies are born in my suburb every day. Trust me. But It doesn't matter what's true. It matters how I feel the rest of the day. And if I'm all day like. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I say that it's again about choices. I often say that. And if you're stuck in traffic, you have no control over the person that's 500 cars ahead of you. So you're sitting there waiting to get and giving out and giving out. I always say use that time for time for yourself to focus on how you're feeling, to relax your body, listen to your favourite music, listen to Sharon's podcast. <laughs> you yes, know, you but know. listen
1: to something, as you said, enriching. podcast, music, enriching, enlivening, nourishing yeah. rather than the news or doom and gloom or celebrity gossip or something that just makes yeah. you feel lousy. <laughs>
0: yeah. So we have choices. And I love that what you said, you know, even speaking to your kids and communicating your, with your kids. Because again, I see again, because of that guilt with parents, you know, that they try to do so much and give so much to their kids. Kids don't need everything. They'll ask for everything, but they don't need everything. They can only play with one thing at a time. I do always say that. So yes. for me, it's kind of saying, you know, being straight out and say, look, at, we're really tired this weekend. Let's do the movies, whatever night, you know, but then we're just going to chill at home. And then we look forward to doing something else the following weekend and that your children also learn that you're the mom and dad are people, too, and that they need time and they need rest. They may may not understand the working week and why you have to work so hard. And we don't want to put pressure on them and say, oh, we have to do it because of the money. We grew up with that. You know, money doesn't grow on trees.
1: Oh, all that conditioning, and but the thing is, with with my children, two boundary things I do with them is firstly, in my business, if I'm working on something like if I'm launching something and I have a goal, Mm -hmm. I tell them how many people that I'm aiming for, and then how many people I get above that, then they have something like Mm -hmm. it's either a money amount or um, something that we're looking forward to. So then they can checking in and it's like, they're part of it. And we have a little checklist. And when somebody signs up, we put a little star on it and we're all oh. in it together. It's not just That's mommy healthy. has to go away. Oh. It's like, how is it going? How many people are coming? <laughs> yeah. So I involve them. And then the other thing too, that I, whatever I have a consequence, I enforce it. So like, if we go out to a restaurant and I'm like, like, I always say how many warnings it is. Yeah. And Sometimes it's a, it's a no warning day. I'm like, I'm tired. I've had a lot. We're going to go out for dinner, but it's a no warning day. Um, or it's a one warning day. Usually I've got a bit of flexibility, like life happens. But I remember once we wanted to go out for dinner and I didn't want to. I said to my husband, Jeremy, I'm I'm really tired. I just, he's like, no, 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 we'll go out. And I said to the kids, it's a no warning day. And we got there and we ordered our food and we sat down, and we paid for it. And they just started. And I was like, we're going home. And that, cause they thought, cause I would paid for it that I, you know, it's like mummy's already paid the bill. And it's like, but we haven't got our food yet. And I'm like, that's okay. Not, they didn't starve. We went home and had like toast. Yeah. But it was like, I'm sometimes we have to miss out too. But I think sometimes where we fail to set boundaries with our kids is they know they've got us over a barrel and then we're not really meaning up. it. The yeah. other thing too is I take off the, um, the I turn off the Wi-Fi. So oh, it's yeah, like, you great know. That's
0: a right, for everybody. And <laughs> um,
1: I, I uphold that. And and people are like, oh, and then the other day it's like, I'm bored. And I'm like, we'll find something to do or you can dust
0: yeah. like
1: there's worse things in the world to being bored. So you have to set the boundaries, but there are boundaries of service. Like my son, he wants to be a fashion designer. He has a sewing machine. Mm. I'm like, go practice your stitching. Mm. So my daughter wants to be an architect, practice your drawing, like practice your craft. I will give you all the material in the world within reason. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh You don't need Wi-Fi. Mm. Yeah. And I think like that as well, it, You know, if we could let go of the guilt as parents um, to our children, first and foremost, and that life doesn't have to be all plain sailing and they have everything they want just because you're working all the time or most of the week, like a lot of people, but that you do deserve that time. I think everyone needs to realize that that they deserve time for themselves. And again, for me, as Suzanne would say, it would be the communicating that to your children, you know, that this is part of my role at the moment is to work full time. And your dad is working full time or your, or your partner, whoever it is you're with. And that, you know, when we get home in the evening, we're all tired. So let's all help each other. But the other thing I really like and that you've mentioned it, when my children were young, Suzanne, they always had chores. And again, it was age appropriate. And I know sometimes because I was a little bit OCD that if one of them swept the floor when they were gone, I'd probably sweep it again after them. But that was OK. They didn't see it. But they all got something to do and they all had their own chores. And even to this day now, and the two of them are adult children. They will still naturally clear the table and they will put mm-hmm. things away. And if I said to one of them, oh, can you do the ashes and take out the who are do the hoovering? They don't question it because they know it's all part of our role. I used to say there's four of us living in the house, not just me.
1: Yes, and I think that's the thing too. Sometimes we expect, and I remember there was a new chore my husband was introducing the other day, and he was like, can't you just, and I was like, well, no, they can't. We haven't taught them how to do that yet. And it was like, you know, sometimes we expect, because we get to a point where we're frustrated, and then we don't communicate, and then they don't understand. Mm. So it's kind of like what, what gets done. And then the kids wanted to do something the other day, and I can't remember what it was. And I was like, well, we could do it a lot faster if you know, we all pitch in So yeah. spend this time now doing this thing so that we have more time later to go to the park. And you can teach them from such a young age, like my children are only seven and nine. Oh. And I remember when my husband was still fly in, fly out, I used to weigh twice what I did do now. So I know what it's like to be like, my husband's away. I haven't got time to the gym. It's just easy to get takeaway. Like I know what it's like to live in full victim. And I was like, I need to start taking care of myself. And I wanted to start going to the gym, but I was so hesitant to put the kids in the crèche. And I remember, because because the thing is, first of all, it costs money. So spending mm-hmm. money on yourself is so much guilt. Second of all, like, what if they don't like it? And I remember the first day I sat them, there, I put them in there and they're pushing their face up against the glass <laughs> and crying. And I'm like, so guilty. I was like halfway, just like, let's just go home. And I was like, no, no, you need this, Suzanne. You need this. So I remember going, walking my laps in the pool because I was super morbidly obese. That's all I could do. Mm -hmm. And um, when I came back, they cried and it wasn't long, not long at all, maybe even only a week. And I was only going three times a week where they started to like it and they they were asking about it. And so much so that, you know, when the lockdowns and things started to happen, they were like, oh, mommy needs to go to the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Because they know that when I go and I do the things for myself, then I'm so much nicer to be around than when I'm constantly like quality time versus quantity time. Yeah. So it's like when mummy fills her own cup, she's fun and we can do awesome stuff. But when mummy's like just over everything. so
0: And I think so important, Suzanne, that for me would be the biggest thing, you know, that if you look after yourself, you can look after everyone else much better and you have more to give. But if you're going to, as you said, if you're not giving yourself and you are that drained by the end of the day because you've given it to everybody else. Well, again, there's your choice. There's your choice. And do I want to feel like that every single day or do I want to feel fuller that I did what I wanted to do today? Even if it was traveling, working, you know, I'm doing it for the reasons I'm doing it to give my children ourselves a better life. And, you know, put our goals in place and my children are aware of it. I communicate with them and I don't have the guilt and the shame about, you know, sending them to a sitter or not being there every day for them. But still saying, I deserve time. I deserve time. Whether
1: you're working or not working or full time or self-employed, you always deserve me time and there are going to be people who say why did you have kids if you don't want to raise them or you know you should be with them all the time or you should never be on your phone or whatever it is Mm. but what is in service and nourishing to you like I remember when my husband was as I said he was flying fly out and family's interstate and it was just me and there was one day where I could not take it anymore like the crying my son had colic he cried and he cried and he cried and I was just like, "I'm just going to put him back in his cot, have a cup of tea. Like, just give me, the, just give me the two minutes, yeah. the two minutes to drink the tea while it's hot." And I remember feeling quite guilty, but I was like, "No, no, he's fine. He's safe. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be crying whether I'm holding him or not." And yeah. I just need a minute. <laughs> yeah, Yes. Yeah. And then when I went and picked him back up, just that two minutes, just that hot drink, just that moment of
0: a breather. Go back to you was, for a minute
1: was amazing and then I was thinking after that like when he finally got to sleep I was like I can see why people snap why they do things in the moment because you're just so exhausted and you're so tired and you're not thinking straight and it's like but the overcoming that guilt and realizing you know he's in the cot he can't go anywhere he's in the home he's warm he's full he's clean he can be there for a moment and I think sometimes we're just so overrun or so like that That we get mad, like I'm doing this for you. So like with with launching and stuff, like I'm doing it, yes, to build things for the family mm-hmm. and I'm able to include it. But if you are going to work, like the thing I do when, I, when my kids do go to school holiday care, often they don't want to, oh, I don't want to go, mum. But you get to do the fun stuff that mummy doesn't like to do, like play with glitter or Play-Doh or make mess. or yeah. <laughs> so like what's in it for them? So what we do is our school holiday care has theme days. So we get the brochure and we have a look and then we make it into a big deal. Like, oh, my gosh, we're going to have a movie day or we're going to, you know, and sometimes it isn't that big of a deal, but the way the school school holiday cares should be like realtors. Yeah. You know, like when they say renovators delight, they're like a movie experience and it's like you've just got some projector and, you know, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> it's kind of like. Make it up to this, or what is it in service of? So, mm. like the last school holidays, they went to care, so that this school holidays we can go to Queensland. So, it's like we're going to go to the theme parks and we're going to go, you know, so they understand things don't just happen instantly. Yeah. There's a process and involving them in that.
0: Yeah. And I think for that process as well, you know, I think again, if you are a parent, It's to know what your needs are first, you know, because again, when you were speaking about the frustration there, you know, and irritated by everything, if you are a parent, what are your needs? You know, and maybe it's identifying your needs first before you're roaring in frustration to everybody else. It's just like when you went back to and said to your husband, you know, what you needed from him in the morning so you could take those morning calls and then for the lunches. You know, so it's communicating your needs because there are many people that are frustrated even in relationships and saying, well, they are—they don't do what I want them to do. And again, I often say, well, have you asked them or spoken to them about it? Well, they should know. How yes. do they know? <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knows. It's again, communicating, Suzanne, which I think is huge and being able to say, no, thank you. But, you know, I want to do something else today for whoever it is and again we'll come back and we'll finish off because imagine a series of time is up susanne has been lovely chatting with you so people coming into the holiday season now that want to say no but in a very nice mm-hmm. and kind and gentle way that they've always gone and done the same thing with their families but this year they would like to spend maybe less time and have more time by themselves or with their own friends or their own little family how can they go in gently and say to their family? Have you any little suggestions?
1: I always start off with a positive, like how much, but not a lie. Like yeah. you, you know how you don't want to be like, oh, I so value our time together if you don't. Like it, it, people can smell that like energetic BO. <laughs> it's like how does people say, how do you get away with saying what you do? It's like because yeah. I'm so transparent. Yeah. So sometimes you might need to work for it, but find something that you like. Like, you know, if you've got a family tradition, most families have it. Mm. I really love that we, um, whatever it is. Mm. And then it's like this year, I would like, so like 100% ask for it, even if it feels like you're asking for the moon, Mm. 100% ask for it. Then what do you think? So it's 100% ask for what you want, 100% let them ask for what they want, and then you negotiate Because sometimes you think like you're asking for this and you're asking for the moon, but it's like, well, actually, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Like, as you said, like, can you take the kids? Can, you know, maybe the kids have some time or like, you know, my husband and I want some time, you know, like you ask for it. um, Because even that could be a gift. Like for me for Christmas, I don't actually want any more stuff. Like I'm trying to declutter and I'm not a minimalist, but have less. But what I would really value is you know babysitting or um you know some time you know the things that you actually want experiences that's hence mm-hmm. we're going to the theme parks that's our family's present the kids don't need any more stuff um but yeah communicating asking for what you want asking what they think and and not forcing them to make a decision like maybe like sleep on it and get back to me or next time we catch up Because this might sometimes when people look shocked or aghast or surprised, we'd make that mean they hate the idea and suddenly start talking too much (laughs) when really they haven't considered it because it's always been done this way. Yeah. And how do you know maybe
0: that they would like something different as well, but maybe again, they're holding out thinking, oh, You know, Suzanne and Jeremy and the kids are coming again and we wanted to do something different. But how can we say no to them? So we're not sure how the other feels again until we communicate it. And I love that it's asking for what you need and not feeling guilty about it and giving yourself the time and love you deserve, because that is for me, that's the greatest gift we can give ourselves And then when you are with people, as you said, Suzanne, it's quality time. It's time you really want to be there and you're giving your full love, care and attention to the other people as well, aren't you?
1: Yes. And there's something so much more enriching about that quality time rather than quantity time, because I think so many of us, we get burnt out and we end up being resentful or mad because we don't actually rest. We change roles. Like a number mm-hmm. of people say to me, I had a day off. I'm like, what'd you do? Oh, I paid the bills and I cleaned the house. And I was like, you didn't take a day off. You just changed roles. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, oh, so you know, within the family thing, it's like, this is the, this is what I need or what I desire. Mm-hmm. Are you open to this? And, yeah, as you said, they might be like, oh, the kids aren't coming. Thank goodness we wanted a quiet Christmas or something. I would not be offended by that. My kids yeah, are boisterous. I, I get that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's just realising, again, come back. So if you take anything from this, is looking out for your own needs, you know, what do you need coming up to this holiday season in particular now? Because it is a lot of expectations and a lot of guilt around it with families and even with children. What is it you need for yourself? to fill your own cup and then what would you like to do for those days and you know maybe the week you're all who would you like to spend it with and to really have that valuable time and being able to say to say no without guilt and without feeling like you've let somebody else down maybe they want to do something without you you know so stop always putting it over on you maybe the other person wants a break from you as well We will never say that about families because, of course, they love having us all the time. But for me, it's again, just giving quality time to yourself and to the people you want to spend time with. Absolutely visit your families if that's something you want to do. But remembering, you know, that you don't have to do it for every single moment of your holiday, that you can have time for yourself and ask for what you need. Suzanne Kohlberg, it has been a pleasure to talk to you and thank you so much for everything.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Sharon.
0: No, you're very welcome. So you can check out Suzanne on ww.suzannekolberg-c-ul-l-b-e-r-g.com. And you can find out more about her program, her online program, Why Wait? And you can, I have to ask you a question though. Will you tell me what Sacred Deaths Practitioner is, one of your many beautiful Oh, sacred do.
1: depths is one of my most fabulous programs i'm actually revisiting it next year to do another year of it it's a trauma-informed coaching and it's funny i as i say i did trauma-informed coaching before it was cool <laughs> like because it's it's such a buzzword and it's so thrown around right now but it's yeah. you know deeper language it's all about communication it's about um emotions and, and language and seeing our own filters. And I loved how you brought this conversation back to it, because when we are always like, what's well, easy for them, they, they don't have this mm. and we don't see our own filters. It's like, it's a whole, of grass is always greener thing. So it's like the ability to step back and go, you know, cause we can always go when the kids are older, when I've lost the weight, when I've bought the house, mm. when I've got this savings, hence what my program is called, why wait? Yes. It's like, what so sacred depths is run by a lady called uh, Joanna Lindenbaum. She's absolutely fabulous and um yeah, just meeting people where they're at and taking that next gentle step rather than the all or nothing things.
0: Brilliant. Suzanne, thank you so much. I'll put up all Chavon or sorry Suzanne's details. you just made me think of a friend of mine when you were speaking there. So I'll put all (laughs) Suzanne's details at the show notes as well. And it'll be on all platforms. You can listen to it wherever you get your podcast. And again, check out SuzanneColberg.com. Suzanne, wishing you and yours a very happy Christmas and that you get loads of beautiful time together in Queensland and get some quality time for yourself. Thank you so much, Sharon. You're very welcome. Thank you as well. Thank you all for listening and I will speak to you all again soon.